Hey now, everyone. It's Sunday. It's 8 p.m. Do you know where your favorite Sharks weekly show is? It's right here. Right now. Hey, everyone. It's me, AJ Strong. How's it going? Hey now. <laughs> we also have with us Rocket Backhander. Hello. Interpretive dance alert. And hockey jerk. <laughs> uh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny if I am doing this podcast from a Buffalo jail. <laughs> nice. So welcome on in. that face. <laughs> welcome into show ninety three here after twenty one weeks of hockey. Uh, this right here was myself, Rocket, and Jerk just before we went on air. Mm-hmm. Hope you're enjoying my purple tie and amazing tan. My hair's never seen so blonde. It was. Kendall, Kendall looks like she left the house without turning the stove off. <laughs> no, dude, awkward <laughs> silence. Awkward silence. So, uh, hey now, it's the weekly show. So, of course, remember, you can catch us everywhere. Your favorite podcatcher, whatever platform you like, will be there. Always on YouTube. Always at TealTownUSA.com. Remember to follow us on the social media channels, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. Just if you're on any of those, we would appreciate a like or a fave or whatever the terminology is for that particular platform. And hey, help us out. Give us five stars on YouTube. Maybe throw up some kind words. We would appreciate that. Let's get into the week that was. <laughs> Sharks go 0-4. I, I think as we all predicted they would. <laughs> versus Florida, Jersey, the Rangers, and the Isles. Over the last 10 games, the Sharks are 4-6. and six. Right now, 13 points out of a wild card spot after being nine points out last week. I know that we're still talking about wild card spot is fun to me. Still, no one wants to win the Pacific outright just yet. Four points separating Vegas, uh, it, well, separating one through four. Vegas has taken over the number one spot in the division over Vancouver. However, as we are recording this, there are two Pacific Division matchups occurring, which I'm sure Jerk will let us know what happens by the end of the show. Well, as as right now, Vegas and Anaheim 1-1 at the end of the first. Edmonton up 1-0 on L.A. at the end of the first. There you go. All right. Thank you very much for that update. So versus Florida, the Sharks pull a 5-3 loss. There's a quick one-game you know, one game homestand <laughs> on President's Day. Uh, one o'clock start, I believe, on that. It was way too early. Um, both teams appeared to be in slow-mo throughout the game. It was another home loss. Uh, every, the thing that everybody's going to remember from this one rocket, Brendan Dillon breaking down during the post-game interview, and I thought it was refreshing to see a guy that emotionally invested. Of course it is, and of course it would be Brendan Dillon. I really, my heart went out to the guy, you know, because he's, gen- he's generally not a, a person who wants to draw a lot of attention to himself, um, and he just to be that sincere and to have that good of a heart about, you know, his teammates and in, in the office he works for. It's just it. It's nice. He's a good guy, man. Right. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but hey, you know, in re- rewarding for his breakdown, uh, he's traded to the Capitals the next day. So there you go. Uh, the Devils begin a four game road trip for the Sharks. 
It's a 2-1 loss with Jones back in the net. Uh, They wasted a solid outing from Jones. Special teams are kind of the story on that one as the Sharks went 0-3 on the power play but gave New Jersey six power play chances, gave up the game winner while they were on the PK, and we find out Melker Carlson leaves this one wearing a walking boot, didn't even play in the third period, has not played since. Strangely, no updates for some reason. Then we go to Madison Square Garden, face the Rangers, a 3-2 loss with Dell back in net. Kane gets benched for the third period despite needing a tying goal in the final minutes. Uh, That was a little quizzical to me. And then finally, earlier today as we're recording this Sunday night, a 4-1 loss on the island to the Rangers, to the Islanders. They're on the island. It's probably a good idea that they're named the Islanders. Uh, Hmm. Kane would start this one on the fourth line, maybe the third line. It's been very debatable. Either way, not where you would normally see him. Uh, And the team just looked like the controller became disconnected pretty much this whole week. Uh, And it seems as though at this point, everybody on the Sharks with the initials EK is a diva. That's what we've come to find. So, fake uh, news. <laughs> yeah. So, jerk, your take on on the week of four losses, four straight losses for the Sharks? Well, <clears throat> first thing I would like to say is it's probably not a good thing to call them a diva if you don't have any tangible proof. Uh, number two, uh, money phone. That's fair. Although I love the money phone <laughs> uh, and the push-ups with the money on the back. Yeah. Um, so. The You look at these four games this past week, and you, you'll sense a theme all the way through. The Sharks, for better or for worse, had a decent outing in all four of these games and just didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they had on front of them, specifically against the Rangers and the Islanders. There were large pockets of those games where the Sharks dominated the other team, and it really looked like that they were just going to you know, get that one goal that would put him ahead and eventually they would just run away with it. And then, as you said, AJ, the controller came on um, disconnected and all four of those games, the Sharks let the game get away from them and they could never get it back despite getting, uh, you know, some pretty solid goaltending from both their guys as well. So, I mean, I I guess it's a good thing that they're consistent, but... (laughs) it's not the good kind of consistency. It's the kind of consistency where you say, hmm, how do we fix this? Yes, and fanatical teal bleeder in the chat saying, hey, we didn't lose to our Zamboni driver, so there's that. I mean, that is a nice um, silver I lining if you, if you really want to look for it. I guess that's the silver lining right there. Uh, by the numbers, the last five games, the power play is 2 for 15 for 13%. The PK has come back on 20 for 22 for 90%. However, during that stretch, they've lost 4 or 5. <laughs> so well, you I might want to find hope... some 5 on 5 offense, guys. Or any offense. Stay out of the box. <laughs> well, and. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the get thing, in the box. You can't blame Jones for like his last, you know, the last three losses that he's played in. The Sharks over those three games have put up two goals. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Dell over his last three starts: nine thirty-eight, eight fifty-two, nine oh nine. Put it together: an eight ninety-nine over the last three. So Dell trending down. Jones over his oh. last three starts, he got the shutout. In Minnesota, then a 920, then the 880 today against the Isle. Again, no goal support and some horrific defense. Uh, Let me see what Kane got pickpocketed versus the Rangers. Goodrow got pickpocketed against the Islanders. Just some sleepy play. 
I I don't know if you can say that Dell is trending down. I mean, I think that 852 kind of looks like an outlier to me more than anything. All right. Like, I, I still think, I mean, you look at the 938 and the 909 on the other sides of it. I mean, one of those is good. One of those is average. I mean, I, I know I say it as a joke, but I think Dell is right where he wants to be, honestly. Well, and that 852 came, that was the afternoon game against Florida on President's Day when right. everybody, everybody looked like they still hadn't had their morning cup of joe. So... That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's a holiday. You shouldn't have to work on a holiday. Well, doesn't an 899, I mean, it definitely keeps him away from being elite status, but it keeps him right in that pocket of being the okayest, doesn't it? 100% fair. There you go. All right. uh, through 33 games with DeBoer, the Sharks were 15, 16, and 2. And now through 29 games with Boogie, they're 11, 16, and 2. Oh, God. Would, would Do you really think, Jerk, DeBoer would have done worse or better with this group uh i 100% think that he would have done worse because the roster that DeBoer had is oh, you're gonna say he did he wouldn't have known how to ice a team because there were no vets <laughs> no uh the ro- the roster that DeBoer had you know two and a half months ago uh was better than the roster boogie has now and those records are not too too far apart yeah. and as i as i said it last week as well the the results are not there for Boogie, but I certainly can never fault somebody for trying new things and seeing what works and what doesn't. Fair. And that's I that and that I think has to be the takeaway with Boogie's time here. And it's why I wish not wish it's why I'm hoping that maybe he becomes the official head coach because I think even though the results aren't there, as I said, I think. Just the fact that he's saying, look, it, the status quo is not working. Let's jazz it up. Let's try something new. Because then you can eliminate what you know doesn't work and try and find something new. Find a new way to evolve. Keep things fresh. Keep yourself different from the pack. So even though the result's not there, I'm still 100% happier with Boogie than I am with Peter DeBoer. At least in the scope of this season. All right. Well, as we said, following uh, Dylan's breakdown... <laughs> After the Florida game, he was traded to Aww. Washington. Uh, I think we have a live photo of Rocket's reaction when it happened. Yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm wearing a hat because my hair is not looking too good these days. <laughs> so they trade Dylan to Washington in exchange for a second round and a third round. Uh, Sharks retain 50% of Dylan's cap hit, which is 1.6. In the event Washington wins the cup, the Capitals will give the Sharks Arizona's third round pick in 2020 instead of Washington's third round pick in 2021. So I think at this point you're kind of rooting for the Capitals besides Dylan raising the cup, but for the picks. Uh, Two games in, Dylan would get the player of the game after destroying an absolutely turtling Jenny Malkin. I mean, you look at the photo, and boy, when the officials were in the middle of it, boy, Malkin was like, you know, oh, I'm go ahead, come at me, I'm badass. And then as soon as the officials got out of the way, dude turtled hard, both gloves trying to protect his 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 jacked up grill. <laughs> shows shows you what kind of teammate Brendan Dillon is. Can you say Rocket? Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. Man, I, that sweater, that is the sweater I'm going to purchase. I was going to say, it's also solid that they're wearing their beautiful third jerseys and not, oh, their, stupid, yeah. and not their stupid home jerseys. Oh, so. those, are, those are so glorious, dude. I am so glad 
Like I really, I'm. That's because like I was like I need the evil Knievel jersey. So now that he did something fabulous, and it, it's like even more so. That's <laughs> that's the sweater I'm gonna get. Save it for jersey jargon, dude. I, I might be right sorry. there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Carry on. So I mean, no, Eric Carlson after he, you know, went like that. Uh, Brendan Dillon's gone now. So. Uh, what do we think about the most expensive defense in the NHL? <laughs> I think it's injured, dude. And I and I think Brent Burns is just wow. Oh, he's out. He's out to lunch, dude. I mean, he's and I I, I don't want it to sound like that he's all bad because in this four game stretch, he's there are times where he's the best player on the ice, and you can't yep. deny that. But then there are also times where he's kind of like. No matter what I do, nothing's happening, so I'm just going to do nothing. I What comes to my mind, I believe it was against the Panthers, where Sharks are, try, Sharks are trying to tie the game, minute, minute and a half left, and Burns went off the ice. I'm like, bro, you're the best player in this lineup right now. Where are you going? There's no Carlson. There's no Couture. Like, we need you. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you hate to see Dylan go... Uh, and I'll be the first to admit, I think anybody who's listened to the show for an extended amount of time will remember this guy right here, not a Dylan fan when he first arrived <laughs> that first this, year, this guy as well. Yeah. Oofa. And, but rocket was driving that train day one. Oh my God. From the moment I saw him skate lab, I was like, that's my guy. He didn't just drive the bus. She owned the bus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I picked the bus up off the lot. I drove it over to the custom automotive wrap place. I, I had them design. I paid for the wrap. I got like the hydraulics and the LED lights and the disco ball and the smoke machine. Yeah. 20,000 watt sound system. Exactly. <laughs> I made this beautiful puppy and I'm like, let's go. And over the course of five years, it got filled up. And I'm so happy that it did. You know, I'm like super stoked that. That, like he grew into a really wonderful, uh, solid defenseman, you know, and like a really great teammate. And now he's uh, now he's playing with some real studs, and I'm not upset about that. How do I not have the Sarah McLaughlin queued up? <laughs> Just, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, it could have been what could have been. But anyway, uh, you know, you sharks are out of it. You're looking for somebody to root for. I mean, obviously, you can make a case to root for Pavs in Dallas, but boy, Dylan, man, you uh, you made me a fan. I'll say that. That's the one thing I can say. Joe Joe Pavelski never cried on live TV. Oh, <laughs> solid, solid. Every week, every week, I've ripped the guy. I want the record to show he's still my favorite player, but <laughs> you got to do it for the fun. If I remember, uh, I think Pavelski uh, scored a nice little goal this weekend. But anywho. It's possible. Uh, we move on, but uh, Dylan, yeah, we're going to miss you. If something works out where you're able to sign back with us over the summer, hey, that'd be fun too. Just saying. Yeah. Can we offer you a Brent Burns, anybody? <laughs> Just saying. Uh, <laughs> used, Wookie. Yes, slightly used. Friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show. Shang Peng put out an article this week uh, about the Sharks' prospects Talking to some scouts, of course, none of them, you know, we're not naming names, unfortunately, because let's be honest, by some of the things that these scouts said, I don't know if they'd be allowed in the building anymore, because one was quoted as saying, I don't really speak to Doug Wilson, 
But he seems to think that the sharks have a lot coming with the Barracuda. And I'm like, what fucking movie is he watching? Um, a bit more proof that Wilson may have vastly overvalued the Sharks pipeline. Um, sure. But I, let me ask you this. If I want to know everything about a movie, am I going to ask the person who's seen it a hundred times or the person who's seen it two times? Well, it depends. The person who's seen it two times, are they like, you know, uh, someone who's directed a lot of movies <laughs> that kind of knows My, what they're talking the, about. Well, the only reason I say that is because, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can, you can go to a game and you can watch one game and let's say you're, let's say you're coming to a game and you want to watch Alexander true and you come to this one game and, he and plays maybe, off. no, I get that, maybe, but these you know, guys maybe, seem like, like said, they've followed a few of these guys for a while and sure, they're, they're literally but, saying like, I don't understand what Wilson sees in this guy. Right, but what I'm saying is this this scout, chances are the these scouts have maybe only seen the Sharks prospects a handful of times over over multiple years while the Sharks scouting staff, I mean, they literally get paid to watch the players in the organization. I'm not saying that the other scouts are wrong, but I'm just saying I don't know if that holds as I don't know if it holds as much weight as other people think it does. Yeah. Uh California Cruising asking, has Wilson seen the CUDA record lately? Now, yes, the, the CUDA are at the bottom of their division. However, they're also the youngest team in the AHL. There's a lot of growth there where if you look at the, the teams that are in the Barracuda's division, there's a lot of older folks there. There's a, lot of, you know, there's a decent amount of guys who have seen some NHL time. So it is what it is. And, you know, it certainly doesn't help that Kornosh and Sachenko and, and for a limited run, Shortridge are not lighting the world on fire. Kornosh is not the player or the goalie he was last season. We'll just put it that way. But either, either way that it breaks out, I thought Shang's article was great. We'll see how the pipeline works going into next year. Uh, next up here, uh, I heard I, I was quoted, or I wasn't quoted. I, <clears throat> I'm going to quote somebody who... Uh, is very familiar with the Sharks, uh, is at just about every single game, uh, does get a back-end view, and their quote, the, I'm quoting them, these individual goal songs suck. And he said, for two reasons. He goes, for, not everyone has one. Like you, The whole thing is you either go all in with this thing or you don't do it at all, and, and, and it's the other thing of I can't hear the damn song. It's like let's go all over again from fifteen sixteen, where it's like, like that song might be all right, but I can't hear it. I don't know what's going on. Like the sound system is not great. You can't hear it on TV like you could the old song. But I, I think the point that he made, Rocket, which I thought was killer, is why did they do this right now when they didn't have a song for everybody? Like it, it just seems like it was very half-assed. Like, let's come up with something to try to get fans excited about something because it is going down the drain quick. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was a, it was kind of a afterthought-ish, grab who you can and, you know, just get something going. I really think that that's what it was. I don't think that there was a whole lot of effort and investment put into making sure that it was going to be like some sort of massive, like, it's going to go off without a hitch and everything is going to be heard clearly and everybody's going to have like the right snippets of each song they want to have heard, you know, like, Production. Uh, have, we have none. We have desperation. That's our brand, AJ. That's San Jose Sharks. 
Well, it makes you wonder at this point, like when somebody gets called up, it's like, do they immediately have to submit a song in case they score? Probably. <laughs> they probably do. Oh, or it's like, they'll, they'll be like, don't forget to ask him. Okay, I won't forget to ask him. Yeah. Did you forget to ask him? Oh, shit, I forgot to ask him. Well, and the other pr- the other problem too is that aside from the fact that not every player has a goal song, generally speaking, the Sharks haven't even really done a whole lot of scoring at home. This is true. Also true. Like you think yeah. about it, like like since they did this whole goal song, there's three, cus- or- three goals with Florida, two goals with Calgary. Uh, they got shut out by Tampa. Two goals with Vancouver. Two goals with Anaheim. Right, but my my point in saying in bringing that up is like most of those goal the players who scored they haven't they don't have a goal song picked yet, and then Burns has scored to my recollection twice. We know his song. Nason has scored at least twice, maybe thrice. We know what his song is, and Hurl scored once. We know what his song is. Everybody else either hasn't scored or they don't have one picked, so it's uh, kind of a lame. I want to say LeBanc has a song that was played. Uh, well, the beauty of the internet is that the Sharks, uh, <laughs> the team we all follow, they have been... Um, Pretty sure LeBank scored he- and they played it. And I remember going, really? This is the song he thought was going to be better than anybody else? Well, and they've been keeping track... It? They've been Pop keeping track... Oh, my God. So, according to the Sharks' website, because they've been posting each player's goal song as they score, on the Sharks' website, there are only three songs posted. Stefan Nason, Thomas Hurdle, and Brent Burns. Um, I'm, I'm almost positive I heard a LeBanc one, but can we just say how awesome it would be if, say, when Couture returns and he scores a goal? Dude, just all you hear, you know, here comes Couture, he shoots, he scores! And all of a sudden, experience Regina! <laughs> Dude, if somebody picks that <laughs> as their goal song, I will donate $500 to the charity of their choice every time they score a goal. Oh, I would love that. Anyway, if you don't know, now you know. Go If you're unfamiliar with the beauty that is the song about experiencing Regina, go look that up. Yeah. Uh, hot Wheels coming in hot. Thank God for that nickname. They played Dust on the Bottle for LeBanc. That's what it was. That's what I remember. So LeBanc does, in fact, have a song. I rem- I just, I couldn't remember the song, but I do remember. I was like listening, and I'm going, really? That's the one he thought was so great? Well, but- then the Sharks. Oh, actually, you know what? Now that you say that, I do remember that, actually, now that you say it. But uh, how, do you, how do you not go, like, for the love of money, something along those lines? Or, you know, the money, 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 money. I mean, take come the, on. Take the, take the money and run. Right? Uh, there's a lot to work with there. Money money in the bank, shoddy, what's your drink? I mean, there's so many choices here. Um, but what oh. this tells me is that the Sharks intern monkey needs to get on updating the website. <laughs> money money for nothing? Because it's, cert- it's huh? certainly not going to be AJ and I's imaginary intern doing it. He's got other things he's working on. <laughs> what's that, Steven? My, my imaginary Steven. assistant is overseas shopping for me right now, so sorry. <laughs> Steven! <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> so uh, we go back to that Florida game for a hot second that was played on President's Day. The Sharks have Aww. finally officially opened this what was a, I want to say previously referred to as the South Bar, but hmm. the now called Juno Lounge has finally been opened. 
the worst kept secret on the face of the planet, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a bar that's put above the south entrance when you come in from the corner of Santa Clara and Autumn. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool little area. I mean, hey, it's here, here's the way that I look at this. First off, it's two more areas to go get a drink. And the thing that I like about it is that it has a lot of table space, which is one of the things that SAP Center is somewhat lacking. It's pain in the butt sometimes to go get something to eat there after, I don't know, it, if you're in the door, they crack the doors at 6.15. If you show up at like 10 to 7 wanting to get something to eat, that's great. But good luck trying to find a, a place to pop a squat other than your seat. You know, you're not having a table. It's going to be, it could be a tough maneuver. So I like the fact that they have that. The other option that they've got, or I shouldn't say option, but the other thing about the new Juno bar that I, that I really like is it's a place that you can congregate after a game as people are leaving. This bar will remain open for, I believe it's 30 minutes after the game has ended. Now you can't, you know, you obviously can't, you take your alcohol out of that area, but if it's like, you know what, going to chill here, especially on a Saturday night, let everybody meander down Santa Clara Street or get to their cars or whatever, have another cocktail or something as everybody like jams. And then you're like, okay, now we can walk down to O Flats or something like that. Go do karaoke, whatever, if you want to hang out in downtown. That part I really like about it. Now, honest, honestly, I'm just glad more than anything. I'm glad they put up a railing because could you imagine? <laughs> imagine somebody just who's absolutely buckled just taking a dive off of that thing. Well, here's well, of course, you're gonna have a railing, <laughs> but here's my thing is I don't see, I, I'm wondering how long it's gonna take for them to have to put some sort of uh awning, some sort of yeah, maybe an awning to some, yeah, like a reverse mm -hmm. awning. Because mm -hmm. you know a, a game against Vegas or something, there's going to be a couple idiots that are by the by the the nice window that looks out on Santa Clara they'll, in autumn, and they're going to see a be couple. Sharks fans. Yeah, but there, there's going to be some people walking in with Vegas swag or whatever, and they're oh, let's go pour a beer on those assholes. You know, it's going to be something like that, or it's when it's probably actually going to be happening when people are leaving. Yeah. And you're going to see Vegas fans coming down the escalators or whatever, and there's going to be a couple drunk idiots, and they're going to take their their sixteen dollar beer and and pour pour a little out for uh you know pour pour one out for their homies. Either way, I wonder so, when when that awning happens. Well, maybe they can circumvent that by simply shutting down the alcoholic part of that bar <laughs> during Vegas games. Coffee. And exactly, turning it into a non-alcoholic espresso bar. Why not? Get some lattes. Make a friend, you know? Because we sure shit don't have coffee on the concourse at SAP Center. And, I mean, look it. They're making room on the roof for more booze. <laughs> but they can't find space for a four-foot-by-four-foot coffee cart. There is some politic fuckery going on, and I do not appreciate it. There's a lot of us that are, are under caffeinated and under underserved, hey, no. underrepresented. You know, I can't, I, I can't confirm this, but do you know? Uh, alleged, allegedly, there's a Italian place in the club level that has some sort of warm caffeinated drink. I can't confirm that, but somebody mentioned that to me. Oh, look into club that. level. Yes, not good con not concourse. Good point. Solid. Uh, so. Eventually, and this was the big to-do with me, is right now this bar has 
the same usual suspects. It's Lagunitas. It's Sierra Nevada. It's the stuff that you can get at almost every other stand. I'm waiting for the rotating taps to come in where they introduce beers that aren't at every other station. And from what I understand, that will be happening. Uh, so 10 actual minutes after the puck drops to start the third, no alcohol can leave that area. It will remain open for 30 minutes after the end of the game, like the club bar. And, uh, either way, like I said, the thing that I really dig about this, it's got a great view, especially if you get there early, grab some food. You got these tables. It's a place for you to finally like sit your food down, but you can stare out the window, see all the people coming in. Looks like it could be a lot of fun. And then, hey, if there's some sort of ridiculous radical accident that happens right at that intersection, you got a front row seat, my friend. Radical, dude. <laughs> radical. I, I think that – and, and I, I, I see the point you're making, AJ, because I don't, mm-hmm. often eat, I don't often eat food at arenas, but the biggest complaint that I have is not having somewhere to set it down because either you yep. got to pull a walk and eat, which is manageable but dangerous, or you got to eat at your seat and you have some jackass knee in you in the back of the head. Yep. So this is my my call to action for future NHL venues being built, and I think Rocket would agree with this here. What if every NHL building just had like a fan dining hall? You get right? your cafeteria, you get your trays, yeah, you go that. through the cafeteria line. Oh, welcome to the Sharks game. As part of paying for your ticket, you get a burger or a slice of pizza. Like That'd be kind of cool. It's yeah. the cafeteria status, you know? You can pay extra if you want a soda, you know what I mean? But Yeah, kind of like a movie <laughs> get, theater. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. Yeah. Sharks buffet right here. I get it. I'm, I get it. I'm, down. <laughs> I'm down. I did see a comment in the chat that I wanted to go to, but then it was like, boom, 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 boom. Uh, and there it is from Fanatical Teal Bleeder. What's it? Do the Sharks still do that chum beer? Nope. No. The cooperation between the, the Sharks and Gordon Biersch ended a couple seasons ago. And if you go and look around the concourse, there used to be a Gordon Biersch stand, if you want to call it that, whatever, where you could get your garlic fries and your Gordon Biersch. And that is gone. So, Didn't Gordon Biersch close? Um, I think they might have. I mean, they still make the beer. Like from what I understand, you know, you can go to yeah. your local Bevmo or whatever. Hashtag no free ads. Uh, but you can <laughs> go there and still get bottled Gordon Biersch. But yeah, that whole thing is over. Because they because they have a brewery on it's Taylor Street and something. Yeah, maybe like Japantown like, yeah, area, tenth like or something. That's still a thing. But yeah. I know they had a restaurant. At uh, San Fernando between San Fernando second and yeah, third, San, yeah, San Fernando between second and third. That that is, it's like ghost town now. So yep, I am unsure. Yeah, so that's the way it rolls. Uh, the other thing that they also did was Chef Baca. <laughs> Baca, who? Chef Baca. Uh, evidently, Chef Baca. If you're unaware, one of the things that the Sharks did this season was they took one of their outlets on the concourse and called that. Uh, not the truck stop, which would have been a great name, uh, the test kitchen, launch kitchen, something like that. They'd bring in a food truck to sell their wares for about eight games or so and then rotate it out. And one of those people was Chef Baca. And for those of you who don't know, I'm going to love doing that, by the way. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he was actually one of the main chefs when the Sharks had the grill before they killed that uh-huh. and put in the BMW lounge. Aww. So he switched to do the food truck thing, and that's actually doing really well for him. They gave him that blah, blah, blah. And either way, 
when he came in, it was very popular, and so they've given him his own space. I believe he took over the Scott's Seafood outlet on the concourse. So they did a <laughs> tasting versus the Florida game, and uh, the BLT in his pastrami, pretty legit. The uh, balsamic grilled cheese, a little hit and miss, and then the uh, his wings were pretty bomb. But anyway, just give him a uh, give him a look. I agree the Chum beer was decent. It was a decent Martin kind of thing. But uh, hey, what have we seen so far since that? They've gone together with a winery where they've got the vintage 408. Now they got the what is it? The New Amsterdam Sharks vodka. So anyway, now they need to hook up with a cidery next to make a hard cider. No, I'd be down with that. First, or co- then like first coffee, then like a, a white claw. Uh, caffeinated <laughs> caffeinated seltzer shark seltzer the uh funny that you say that and then we can get back on topic but the one of the arizona coyotes lounges they sold the naming rights for it to white claw and i think it's the funniest thing ever that's awesome <laughs> okay oh that is so good <laughs> it's like the it's like the white claw lounge or something like that I, uh, all right sure i don't know well you know and the funny thing is uh, you know, the Sharks have, have tried a, a few different promotions where they did the, the happy hour thing. They, they've done a couple things to try to encourage earlier attendance. They, you know, they want to get people in the building sooner. You know what? You want to get people in that building sooner? How about do better things? W- well, work out a deal, at least with a, a certain amount of people that you'll have. To have Russian River Night. Get yourself some Pliny the Younger. There will be lines around the block to get in for that game. I'm just saying, we'll You're sell out kidding. in a heartbeat. I any of that means? Oh, uh, it's a very in-demand beer that only arrives during the month of February, and holy hell! Anyway, it's like a really super rare Yu-Gi-Oh card. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on. <laughs> to start this four-game road trip again, all oh. back east, New Jersey, two in New York, and then finally in Philly, which will happen this Tuesday. Uh, this is the Sharks' digital road trip. So all four games back east are being streamed exclusively on their app. There is no terrestrial broadcast on KFOX. Um, the A's are, in fact, doing this for their entire season coming up. Uh, some fans not real happy about this. And evidently, from what I hear, the LA Kings already do this. The LA Kings audio network on iHeart. Um, I mean, Rocket was hearing it on KFOX. Well, first off, are you a pregame listener? Like, would you want to hear Ruzanowski before or after a game? Sometimes I like to listen to him. I mean, like when I was working in processing and I had the the ear time, I guess I could say, to be able to listen and work, I would really appreciate listening to the pregame because, you know, it just like got me all geared up and ready to go. And then I would be able to listen to the broadcast. And I generally... I don't know if it was a loss. I, d- I didn't like to listen to the post game. And sometimes if it was a win, you know, it was like, yay. And sometimes like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I liked the pregame for sure. But are you p- streaming or listening to it on radio? Oh. Okay. No, I stream everything. I do not. I, cause I live out the middle of nowhere. So I don't really get radio station that well. All right. Uh, I mean, I actually listen to it through the NHL.com app. Oh, okay. Well, uh, jerk yeah. your take on this. Um, so whenever there's a Sharks game, I turn on my TV at 737 because I don't care about anything before puck drop. 
He's like, I already know everything. These people don't need to. Do- well, they I, are not I going don't... to tell me anything I don't already know. Wow. I mean, that's, well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, so pregame, like pregame, it's a thirty-minute deal, and what what is it? Well, on it's the ta- it's talking about the, app, the pre. It's on the it's app. It's about- an hour long. Whatever. It's talking about the previous game, wow. which I watched, and it's talking about stats, which I know, and it's commercials, which I don't care about. I don't like uh, corporate Okay, greed. we get it. All right, fine. For the uninformed fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I, yeah, I but that's like, you know, my pregame is like, oh, you know, Calgary and Vegas have 10 minutes left in the first period. I'll watch that. Like, that's my pregame. No, I get you. I get you. But I'm just saying that there's certain fans, especially like uh, with, with the the athletics switching to the streaming only thing has really upset a certain contingent of fans. And I can, Old people. No, Old people. No, come on. <laughs> calm down. To a certain extent, they have, they have been, you know, they're a little pissed off about this. And I get it because there's a couple things is that first off, not everybody has the setup like in their car where they can easily just <laughs> jack the phone in, automatically charge it while they're streaming it. Not everybody has an unlimited streaming option on their data plan. If they not everybody know, not everybody knows how to turn on a smartphone. That, well, there's that too. Uh, but you know, because <laughs> radio is just in fact an easier medium to deal with on that regard. Yeah. Now the thing that I do enjoy about the streaming thing that they've tried now for the last three games with the Sharks is that they've really tried to interact with their fans and they've opened it up and it's like submit questions using the app and you know we'll we'll find some of the best ones or the ones that we like and we'll use that as part of our pregame show. I like that aspect of it. I also like the the fact that you can kind of have your phone just sitting there and you'll get in a, get the little alert that it's it's on just in case like you know you're not you're into something you're not thinking about it i mean i guess you could have the radio on in the background or whatever either way i think this is the future i think this is how teams are probably going to roll and you know i do the sharks do great ratings for kfox locally who knows but i would like to at least see it it blended together for a couple of years like try them both ways have it on kfox and also available on digital. The one caveat that I have an issue with is, what if you're one of the people that likes to go to a game and listen to the radio broadcast while you're watching it? What do you do if there's that delay because you're streaming it? Let's break out the movie theater technology. That's what I'm looking for. Where you can just, if you're in that tight area, they can broadcast a signal locally that you can pick up with a transistor radio. Boom, you're good. Just saying. The only problem with that is the SAP Center oh, is, <laughs> is is most is mostly made out of metal and concrete, which is why the Wi-Fi there sucks. So radio figures probably suck there too. I don't know. We'll see. I, I just like I'm rooting for this to work. I don't know if it will, but Remains to be seen. Um, finally, let's uh, finish off like kind of Sharks news, or I should say Sharks-related news. Um, did you know, do you know who Matt Tompkins is, Jerk? Nope. Rocket, do you? are you aware who who Matt Tompkins is? Not that I, no, doesn't ring a bell. Um, does the name Troy Grossnick ring a bell? Oh, yeah. that's what you're okay. talking about. 
So Matt Tompkins is the goalie for the AHL's Rockford Ice Hogs, while friend of the show, Troy Grosnick, we have done an interview with him, of the Milwaukee Admirals had a throwdown last night. You don't often get to see goalies going at it, but if you're interested, and it doesn't last very long, but uh, the Admirals have it on their Twitter, but hey, anytime a goalie goes after it, I'm down with that. If you're going to throw blows, absolutely. I'm cool. I am so cool with that. So let's get to around the A, the NHL. Excuse me. Got all excited about talking about the AHL for a hot second, and there you go. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. All right, trade deadline's coming up, guys. Players dropping like flies, whether it was Besser, Rantanen, whatever. <laughs> We're down to the nitty-gritty. We saw Toffoli go to Vancouver from L.A. Wow. Uh, so let's talk about that one first real quick. Um, I mean, were you shocked by that, Rocket? I was a little surprised. I mean, I know that L.A. is having a fire sale, and Tyler Toffoli has been a really solid piece ever since he came up on that on that roster. Like, he's he was when I first started watching the team, that was one of the things I, I said about L.A. was, like, he's one of the few L.A. Kings who I would not be super butthurt about seeing in a teal jersey. Mm-hmm. So to see him traded off to a Pacific Division rival is not my favorite thing on the planet, but uh, you know Vancouver's kind of an up-and-coming team, so I look forward to seeing what he can do with them. All right, uh, let me jump back on topic for just a hot second. Jerry making the point that at the tank they do have a special inside signal for K Fox on one two point one. That's exactly what I was looking for. Is something ah. like that. If they can make that work and continue that signal, even if they move to all streaming, continue that for the fans who want to listen. And then, of course, Satan bringing it, saying Rocket looks gangster as fuck. Yeah, I'm. I'm all. Yeah. I'm minor league baseballed out today. That's a. This is. I'm hella baseball energy today. Sorry. <laughs> can I get a yeah? <laughs> uh, jerk. Uh, yeah. Did LA get fleeced in this? <laughs> Not at all, my friend. Finesse. Uh, L.A. This is this is one of the f- I don't want to say even few instances because we're seeing this more often. But like teams are starting to be fair with each other when it comes to trade. And I you know freaking hate it, dude. <laughs> dude. And I'm like, no, man, I want somebody to just take advantage of them. Just like you know that they're down. Just put the boot in their skull and get it over with. Like like L.A. Picks, you know, LA picks up one draft pick for sure, possibly two if Toffoli resigns with Vancouver. You can never have enough draft picks, um, especially second Wilson round. In the second picks. round, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they have two this year, so that's more than the average yeah. team. Well, uh, two that they'll get wrong, but go ahead. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, Just basing anyway. that on history. Go ahead. What's that? Uh, so they, but they also pick up Tyler Madden, who's a very intriguing prospect. Um, he is a college prospect, so kind of flies under the radar a bit, but he is over point per game with Northeastern right now. And for those who don't know, being point per game in NCAA is like you, you tell all your friends. So the fact that this guy's over point per game, it's definitely worth looking out for. Um, I, and I said it on Twitter, but like LA, the prospects they're picking up and that they already have, like LA very quickly, I, I dare I say it may be fun to watch in like two years. All right. Oh, you well, mean kind of like San Jose? No, well, I'm just thinking about all the like. Since we started, since Jerk joined us on this little soiree that we have every Sunday, 
You've been telling me about Arizona the entire time. I've yet to, I mean, up until this season, but we'll see. So basically, Jerk is telling you L.A. is going to be fun to watch. Eventually. We don't know when that eventuality will occur, but it will occur nonetheless. I look at I don't, it. I don't, all I'm saying is, is watch out. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, they get a couple defensemen. It's on. There you go. Uh, a quick, couple quick highlights, couple quick notes. Uh, Ovechkin got a 700th. Oh, good for you. It's probably easy to score when you don't play defense. McDavid returns to the Oilers after missing six games. Uh, did they really miss him? Uh, Darcy Kemper, speaking of the Yotes, uh, I'm sorry, speaking of Jerks Yotes, has returned to Arizona, so things might get a little more interesting down in the desert. And speaking of trades, we found out just a couple hours ago, Ilya Kovalchuk will be playing for his third team this season. After moving on from L.A. to Montreal, he is now going to the Washington Capitals, who are apparently just taking on all comers at this point for a 2020 third-round pick. Uh, Jerk, we saw what Kovalchuk has done in Montreal. Yeah, granted, he, he was totally misused it wasn't working in la montreal he's put together a nice little run do you think anybody got fleeced in this deal not at all i i think again well, god damn it you, why are you on here <laughs> <laughs> i mean look at it from the capitals perspective they want to win two cups in three years they've certainly done a good job at trying to make that happen yeah and from montreal's perspective like Say what you want about Mark Bergevin. That guy's made some dumb okay, moves over. Let's see. What can I say about Mark? Bergevin? <laughs> yes, he th- he threw the he threw the puck in the net once. Yeah. Um, he's made some questionable moves over the years, but this one it shows the kind of person he is. Like obviously, like he's doing Kovalchuk a solid by sending him to a good team. He's saying, "Hey, bro, like go get your cup. We'll be good." But but a lot of the the people smarter than myself are saying that. There's a good chance Kovalchuk circles back to Montreal July 1. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see that just because of the way he did fit there. But I think, like uh, like I said, Capitals, you're trying to win another cup. Why not make yourself better? I mean, it, it seems to work out well when you do that. But from Montreal's perspective, I mean, you, you got a mid-round pick for a guy you picked up for free. I mean, you can't complain about that. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's what we call... The unpopular opinion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, What we came to find this week, which I'm still a little pissed off about, Claude Julian got fined 10K for the comments that he made uh, critical of the officials. What was that? That was uh, Montreal versus, was that Dallas, I want to say? Dallas came back? Yeah, last last Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so he had some comments, basically said the, the, the Canadians were playing two teams that night. Uh, you know, Gallagher lost his mind at the end of the, at the, once the game was over. But Julian had some rough words for the officials. But, I mean, how, how else, how are the officials held accountable when they screw up? And if you look at that game, there was a lot of screw-ups. It's just, I, I just think it's, it's a little silly that the, I understand you want to, you don't want your coaches bad-mouthing the officials after every game, especially after every loss, because it looks it looks whiny. It looks, you know. But how do you feel about this, Rocket? You know, in the, uh, what what is it, like the NFL or maybe also there's a couple sports. Well, it seems to be that thing where the coach or the manager or whatever, 
they get like a couple challenges per game, right? Like you mm. can throw, <clears throat> at least in the, uh, I believe in the NFL, you can throw out the red flag. The, the refs make, some, they make a decision and you go, you know what, the camera, we looked at it, you ain't right. So we're going to throw out this red flag, make you reverse your decision. And they, and they get a couple of, wouldn't it be great if over the course of 82 games, the coaches get like three times over the, that they can say whatever they want about the officials and not get any reprimand from the league? Um, no, I think it would be better if the coaches and the referees could just go at it, have like a nice solid scrap, and then sit in the penalty <laughs> box for five minutes. I mean, if it works for the freaking skeeters, why can't it work for these guys? Just get your beef out and get over it. You know, like it was it, it true as it may be. It was unprofessional. So, I mean, I, I have to be on both sides of it. True as it may be, it was unprofessional and it didn't help the situation. So, I mean, they can still go stuff themselves, but yeah, like, I don't know what you're supposed to do other than just like keep your head down and tell them off behind closed doors. Or like I said, just fight it out. (laughs) See, well, the thing I have here is, you know, jerk, if the officials get something wrong and it causes the team to lose. And then they happens a little bit later, and then a little bit later, and then it to the to a certain extent, like it could cost a coach his job or a team their playoff series. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> but the coach, you know, can't cost the official his job. So who cares? <laughs> you know, if the, if the official gets called out once in a while, I'm just really and the, the those who've listened to this podcast for as long as we've done it know that more often than not I'm on the side of the referees and the linesmen you know I I, I think they have an unenviable job and they do their best at it but I I think it's written <laughs> I think it's ri- ridiculous for numerous reasons here number one I think it's ridiculous that Claude Julian and earlier with John Tortorella and previous years with Doug Wilson and with other coaches as well like, why is it that if you're calling something out that's 100% justified, it's frustrating that the NHL can be like, oh, uh, you made our officials look look bad, even though they made themselves look bad. Here's a fine. But then if you go back and you watch clips from that Montreal-Dallas game from eight days ago, you can see one of the referees tell Brendan Gallagher to F off. Now, yeah. I don't I don't know where that falls on the professional conduct scale, but I imagine it's not very high. And one more thing, I, I don't want to... I don't really have anything else to say about this, but I'll just pose the question. Why is it when the referees, who, by the way, have their own union and their own organization separate of the NHL, why is it whenever the referees screw up, the NHL always apologizes? This is what I'm saying. Like, here mm. Now, here's a point that I would like. I wanted – okay, let's finish this off because we got other things to talk about. We're already running long. Um, we saw – the NHL evidently, or at least Vegas leaked it, that the the league came out and like apologized to Vegas about Eakin, Stastny, Pavelski thing that happened in Game 7. So if... The, here's the whole thing is, why didn't... Um, <clears throat> why wasn't Marsha Shaw given any financial penalty? Because he came out and he's like, you know, the officials, they were an effing joke. They did the, you know, and he totally railed them. He didn't get anything. He didn't get a fine, but he did get an apology. You know, 
So this is if if the NHL oh. looks at this game and says, well, you know what, the officials, yeah, they screwed up. Well, then what are you fining the guy for? Well, and you know what, if if Montreal wins that game, they probably are still within reach of a playoff spot. See, so this is man, this is a lot to unpack here. Um, anyway, let's get to our play of the week. God, I love that. Uh, so the play of the week, at least for me, is I want to know why is Ryan Miller making it a um, a habit of giving away pu- trading pucks for candy? I mean, he is just he is no shame at this point. No p- kids are showing up with Skittles, boxes of Girl Scout cookies, all looking for pucks at this point. I mean, come on, Ryan. Have a little humility. You can buy, you can afford your own candy, bro. I'm just saying. Well, like we've talked about with the Sharks, you know, the Ducks, they too need something to distract themselves from a shitty season. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you make a fantastic point. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the elephant in the room. Say it with me now. Throw your hands up in the airs. <laughs> oh my god David freaking Ayers he gets called into action after James Reimer former Sharks get injured and then Marazic comes in nearly gets decapitated a 42 year old Marley Zamboni driver who paid by the Toronto Le- Maple Leafs by the way gets the first star after stopping 8 of 10 shots <laughs> on goal <laughs> And uh, subsequently, I will have you know that the the LFR that Steve Dangle made after this game was the most viewed in his channel's history. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, and what's great is that like Maple Leafs fans are so divided by this. They're, they're, they're like, this is such a great story because, you know, the guy from the Marlies comes in. Right. But then they're so conflicted, they're like, you know, my team lost to a fucking Zamboni driver. <laughs> Who works for us. Exactly. <laughs> they're just... I think that's the, big, that's the big kicker. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then, of course, uh, you know, Roberto Luongo coming out. And it's like, Ayers has more wins in Toronto than I do. <laughs> it's just so great. And then to top it all off, and uh, this is just beautiful. You know, the Hurricanes already just Johnny on the spot saying, oh, by the way, you want a shirt? We got you. I mean, remember, this is the same organization that within seconds had a bunch of jerks shirt out and available. Um, Intellectual property. uh, Yes. Um, But let's talk about this for a hot second. I'm assuming then the Hurricanes, their merch, they are not a fanatic shop. You'd be correct. Mm-hmm. And that, my friend, is my point. This is the kind of fun stuff that you can do. Strike while the iron is just ridiculously scorching. Take advantage of this. And from what I understand, sales of these shirts, part of, part of it is like going to go directly to this guy. Yeah. He gets a... Uh, he's he, going to get a cut, gonna right? get a, He's going to get a cut, but then... Um, he he so he's the uh it's gonna go to the the zamboni driver charity that's no he's um he's the he's had a kidney transplant and so he's gonna get a cut of it but then another cut of it is gonna go to a charity that that advocates for like kidney 
research or something along those lines. That's, oh, that's so fantastic. And yeah. then, uh, you know, already confirmed for the cover of NHL 21. I'm down with that. <laughs> I am so down with that. Uh, I just say this is such a great story. This, I mean, did you see that? Did you see the media tour he has to do today and tomorrow? Oh, it's ridiculous. He's a TSN. He's an NHL network. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. It is. It's just, again, striking while the iron is hot. I love this is what you can do, ladies and gentlemen, when you run your own merch shop. Mm-hmm. If you are, you know, working with fanatics, stop. Stop that now. and his wife his wife had the, the best tweet of the week. Uh, his when, wife. when he went in when he went when he went into the net, his wife immediately won tweet of the week. She just tweeted in all caps. Fuck me with exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that was that was choice. Oh, you should have sent that to me. I would have had that. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's time for how do I not have a hot take? Central. Well, you know what? We'll just reuse this. Uh, so unpopular opinion. We'll go with that. Uh, real quick here. Less than a decade after returning, the Jets are having a difficult time selling out their barn, which is the smallest venue in the NHL. If this continues for another few seasons, does anything change as in like the relocation of the Jets? Nope. Okay. That's what I thought. Because in, in spite of low ticket sales, they are still making millions of dollars more than the Thrashers would ever dream of. Mm. Well, I don't think the Jets would move back to... Atlanta, but no, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, like they that franchise, the Atlanta slash Winnipeg Tupino franchise, in like I said, they're they may not be selling out as much as they have been, but they're still in way better spot than Atlanta was. All right, uh, Vince G said they had that shirt and link ready five minutes after the game. God bless the team. This is what I'm saying. This and why does good things keep happening to the like the whole bunch of jerks thing got don cherry fired no i'm kidding (laughs) it didn't get him fired but definitely had him you know pulling the whole get off my lawn bs but either way it's just funny how this keeps going with carolina and didn't they aren't they hosting um what is it yeah they get a stadium series next year oh and then uh it was finally announced that minnesota will be facing the blues for the yep. winter for the winter classic I, again i think like didn't we call that like a month ago i, I was going to say to the surprise of nobody exactly it, like it seemed like the most obvious choice but whatever mm-hmm. uh, a couple other quickies this is a little off topic bear with me i know that rocket and jerk for about the next 90 seconds are not going to give two shits uh for those of you unaware there is a local baseball team that is going to be starting their union oh god Exactly. So, but anyway, <laughs> one of the uh, the the players that was pivotal to that run has been uninvited from it because he's an idiot on Twitter. So it just goes to show if you are a athlete that is on Twitter, maybe keep your misogyny and racism and political BS to yourself and just like comment on how well the team is doing and how happy you are for your former teammates. Sound good? Sounds good. Uh, and then finally. Um, look, I enjoy NBCSN. I think they do a good job with the broadcast and everything like that. However, you guys, can we get off the clickbait for a hot second? I mean, please. Today, er, er, earlier today, they tweeted out, there reportedly is a strong possibility Patrick Marlowe is traded before tomorrow's deadline 
follow the latest in our live blog. And then there's a link. You know what my problem is? If you click that link, Patrick Marlowe isn't mentioned at all in the entire story. Enough well, clickbait. And, and as Stop I said, with as the I, clickbait. Well, and as I said with the Winter Classic opponent, to the surprise of no one. Like, that's not some big secret. It, it, right? But And see, and, <laughs> and that's my whole thing, but it's easy clickbait. And d- don't think that there hasn't been opportunities where we haven't been, you know, like we, Teal Town, we could do that to try to, like, drive clicks or drive views and stuff like that. And it's like, we don't do it because we feel it's stupid and unnecessary. I'm just, you know, I, for the most part, I mean, we love Brody and, and not like they have anything to do with this. There's clearly somebody on their journalistic team or whatever. It's like, you know, we need, you know, our website is a little low. We need some more hits or something or we need some clicks. And oh, well, here, let me mention the name of somebody who's not even remotely mentioned in the article that I just put out. It's kind of like you Ever can be. Since- be, you know what? Be for the informed fan, not the uninformed fan. Ever, ever since Kurz left that website, it's turned into an absolute joke. Yeah, you're not wrong. You are not like honestly. Wrong. Like you remember back to last summer, and and there's when they no ripped evidence. off a lot of our articles. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no evidence to suggest this, but they they put out an article of similar context right after we put out an article, and not only that. They had numerous factual errors in the article, and when they were civilly pointed it out, pointed out, their writer c- cried about it. He's like, "Well, we're doing our best," and it's like, ugh, "Your site is a joke." It's why, and not that this has anything to do with pre and post game life, but it's why I don't give those kinds of things attention because there are better options out there. I can watch a forty-five second Instagram video of AJ talking about tonight's game, and that's it. That's all I need. I don't need to watch some half-hour, you know, slapdick show, and I don't need to read some clickbait article. <laughs> yeah, and we they, have a brand new reaction gift from Rocket. I like it. We're here for they it. Say, they say content is king, but here's the thing. A lot of the content just sucks. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's take I, it down a notch. I, I feel like we're a little I, too revved I, up. He's triggered. Calm down. I'm going to some... drop my microphone. Dude, get him some Ryan I, Miller candy. Here. The, I, see, I, his I, reaction right now is why we had this. This is what happens. <laughs> is I was going to say that's 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 NBC beating me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. That's why I watch Sportsnet telecasts anyway. Yes, nope. man. But yeah, it's like, come on, NBCSN, dude. Like, work with us. <laughs> you know, come on. A couple of the people. And the other thing too, if I remember correctly, that there wasn't even a name on the post. Which to me, if there's no name on the byline, it's not worth reading. Because it's like, if you didn't care enough about this to put your someone's name on it. Then it's you didn't care enough that anybody reads it. So anyway, hey, hey, AJ, breaking news: the oh. Sharks, the Sharks. Did you know that they wear jerseys that are the color teal? Get breaking the fuck news. out of here! Are you serious? Did this just happen? It is. Yeah, I just wrote an article about it, <sighs> uh, talking about the history of their black jerseys. It's great, dude. Can I click on that? Yeah, you can. Oh, that share is it so with all awesome. your friends. Oh my god, that's so amazing. Uh, finally, uh, <laughs> couple things, last looks before we get out of here, uh, live, we, uh, someone, one of us will be here live for reaction tomorrow at noon for the deadline, NHL trade deadline at noon Pacific. I don't know if we'll go on a little bit beforehand. We probably will if something is announced for the sharks, but, uh, look for us to be talking about it live again. Do us a favor, please help a brother out if you would. Follow us on our social media channels. Follow on Twitter, Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube if you would. 
That would really help us out. Share it. Tell a friend. And yeah, 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 yeah. We will be here. Hit the notification bell. It'll notify you as soon as we go live. And the other thing we got to tell you about, uh, the 2020 San Jose Hockey Game Worn and Collectibles Expo. Uh, friend of ours, sort of. <laughs> I don't want to say rival, but we uh, he's got a nice uh, man shark's man cave. I've got a decent one rocking here. We we have a extend courtesy in our appreciation <laughs> of our collections, but he's putting together a cool little game worn and collectibles expo that's going to be running from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, February 29th, right next to the Poorhouse Bistro, which is couple, I don't know, what, quarter mile away from the tank uh, to, you're already going to be there because if you look at Rocket's hat, there is going to be a jersey that is given away for the Barracuda. It is Churro Day for the Barracuda for their one o'clock game. And then that night, uh, you're already going to be there for the Evander Kane bobblehead when they play the Pittsburgh Penguins. So why not just stroll down, go to the poorhouse Check out some of the collectibles. From what I understand, there will be some things for purchase as well as kind of looking and, and some nice stuff. And then you can grab a beer or one of those um, po' boys, those shrimp po' boys or anything. They're very good. No free ads. Uh, so, yeah, that's all happening. Uh, Rocket, where can the people find you on the social media stuff and, and all that like that? Stuff and things. Things and stuff. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Rocket Backhander. You can find me hanging out on Twitter, talking about hockey stuff and things, makeup and, and ridiculous things like that, and like girly stuff, but not quite girly stuff, but hockey and a lot of hockey. Brendan Dillon Appreciation Channel, always and forever, so if you don't like the Capitals, I'm sorry. You'll get spammed. Don't follow me. Everybody else, come on over. It's fun. Or you can check out my photographs over on Instagram. It's Rocket Backhander, one word. Oh, hey, I forgot. Twitter. It's capital R. Capital B little backhander seventy six R backhander seventy six to Twitter at Instagram Rocket Backhander one word that's it AJ nice um, hockey jerk <laughs> well uh, here here's your quick update Golden Knights and Ducks tied three to three as this may sound we need the Golden Knights to win because it'll keep the Ducks beneath us and oh they're uh, beneath LA- us. And <laughs> in more ways than one. And L scored. So it is now three to two Oilers with 19 minutes left in the third. I am unsure which game to watch because they both look like they could have a fun finish to them. Uh, secondly, as we all know, uh, today is February 23rd, 2020. The Detroit Red Wings uh, have played 64 games and they've won 15 of them, which puts them on a pace for 19 wins in 82 games. In other words, nothing has changed in the last two months. Um, if you if you're interested in what uh, the other 30 teams in the NHL that aren't named the Sharks are up to, in my opinions on what they're doing or what they're wearing in the Jersey arena or trades and signings and whatnot, you should go to Twitter, uh, go in the search bar, type at hockey underscore jerk and then click follow. Uh, and yeah, the, it's a great time there. Like I said, uh, obviously sharks, they're the number one, but, um, if you're ever interested on what the other teams are doing, that's the place to go. I try and, and provide information for the informed fan and the uninformed fan. So, uh, and Vegas just scored to make it four to three. So things are happening back to you, AJ. Nice. Very nice. Again, us. 
This is us for essentially the rest of the season. And in oh, fact, crap. did I leave the stove on? Yes. And in fact, this is the Sharks in the Pacific Division. The Sharks, of course, being played by Brody Brazil. It is what it is. That is a solid jacket that he and Scott Hannon have on. Absolutely. So, uh, AJ underscore strong on all the, uh, you know, what those things are. Uh, what? MySpace, Tinder, Grinder, all those things. Uh, they're, they're right there. Prodigy, AOL. Farmers uh, only. Yeah, that too as well. So, thanks very much for checking us out for episode 93. We went a, long, a little long, but again, NHL trade deadline. There's a lot to get into, a lot to unpack. But it was fun. And I'm sure... We're going to have more to talk about next Sunday night. Oh, boy. I'm just wondering how many sharks we'll be talking about that are no longer sharks. That, and I'm also kind of fine. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, like, Ryan Miller's going to, like, end up with some milk duds or something. <laughs> Could happen. Traded shark, do 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 do. Traded shark, do 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 do. Traded shark, do 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 do. Traded shark. Sing it with us, everybody. <laughs> See you next week for Pucknologist. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe. Catch everything. Tealtownusa.com.